Hello again, and welcome to another episode <clears throat> of the Fusion Underground. This is episode number 75, and here at the Fusion Underground, what we try to do is we try to make sense of the world by having principled discussions about such topics as entertainment, current events, politics, and culture. Our mission is to educate people to become critical thinkers so they can live more empowered and happier lives. And I do have one gigantic surprise for everybody, interwebs. Jason is back. <laughs> okay, prepare to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> From both sides. From both sides. This this episode of the Fusion Underground is brought to you by the letter H. Hello. <laughs> uh, how are you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Living, living the dream. We've got all kinds of crap to talk about today. I'm excited. Tonight. Tonight. What, whatever let's, you want to. Let's clarify. Whatever yes. you want to. Whatever you want to call it. Or there's a there's a there's a lot going on. There's uh, we've got Kyle Rittenhouse trial underway. Oh uh, yes, yes. We have we have some we have some thoughts on that. And we've got. <laughs> That was, that was that was cryptic. We have thoughts. Yes, we do. Many we do have. Well, we we do have multiple, indeed. Yeah, in multiple, fact. indeed. Yeah. We're we're gonna try to get into some of the the Kyle Rittenhouse stuff. As of today, the uh, closing arguments were today, mm -hmm. and I wasn't able to follow much of any of it at all today, other than a couple of passing tweets on Twitter. Um, Neither was I. But what I really loved was during the closing arguments. I really, really enjoyed seeing the prosecutor hold up the AR, AR-15, pointed, pointed the weapon at the jury, sighted mm -hmm. down the top of the barrel, and had his finger on the trigger. This is a man who has been berating the, the defense about gun safety, <laughs> Right. Proper etiquette, proper use of firearms, proper control of firearms. And then in a court of law, he violates all of it. the very basic rules, the basic rules right. of gun safety. Uh -huh. He was Alec Baldwin in a suit. Yes. <laughs> sorry. That was, that was sorry. Too soon. Yeah, yeah, I apologize. That pointed was, the, that was pointed the weapon at the jury. Could you imagine if you're sitting there in the jury 
And then all of a sudden this crazy lawyer points a gun right at you. That's exactly what he wanted. Right. Yes. That made everybody there who has been looking at that weapon throughout the entire trial, knowing it is fully unloaded as inoperable and unfireable as it can be. And yet just looking down the end of that, the business end of that AR makes everybody squirm. Yeah. If any of them in the jury were armed, they would have shot that guy. Right. Which is exactly the point he was trying to make. Right. You know, you know, here's the interesting thing about this trial. Here's what one of the things that I learned about this trial. I've learned a lot of stuff about this, a lot of a lot of things about this trial, particularly about human behavior. But one thing that I've really found fascinating that I've learned from liberal Twitter is that handguns, semi-automatic handguns, when you point them at somebody's head, that is not a threatening gesture. Yes. That is, that. that is what I learned from liberal Twitter over the past few days. That is the argument. That is an argument that people are making that, yes, even though Goss or whatever his name is, the guy mm -hmm. that had his, his bicep blown off, he pointed a firearm at Kyle Rittenhouse within like two feet away. From, he was like two feet away from him. He pointed the weapon at him. Yeah. But because, because he didn't have an AR-15, he only had a semi-automatic pistol, he was not in any way threatening. By pointing the pistol at him, he did not threaten him. I want that in writing. Like I want it in writing that I can point my firearm at somebody's face and it's not a threatening gesture. Can you imagine? You have to I have remember. no words. I don't even know where to begin to, to even. See, and, and that doesn't surprise me. I, 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 know, I know that that's dumbfounding. It, it absolutely yes. is dumbfounding. It, it's it's confounding. It, it, you, I, I get where you're at. And you're not wrong. But the enemy of the liberal mass is the AR-15. Period. Right. right. That there's no reason. I mean, you've heard this. How long? There is absolutely no reason for anyone to own an AR. Period. End of discussion. And for any civilian to own one, you must have intention of slaying mass people. Slaying. Yes. Slaying. That's that exactly mass what I use that on purpose. There today in closing arguments, the prosecutor. What's his name? Binger? Bing? Binger or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. Um. <laughs> what? <laughs> there are two. There are two primary. There might be a team of more than two, but I've only seen two prosecutors here for the state, right? There's the, there's the skinny guy, Binger, wears the glasses. And then there's the heavier set gentleman. <laughs> And people on Twitter are referring to the heavier set guy as Fatlock. Fatlock? Uh, I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> so I almost said, not Fatlock, the other guy. The other guy. The other guy during closing arguments actually said, and I quote, you lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun. Think about that for a moment. Um, 
then that that is a start of an argument basically saying that nobody should be carrying a firearm. Correct. Correct. That's exactly what that is, <clears throat> because that is not how any of this works. <laughs> no. <laughs> so if if you're not the one who brought a gun, right, then it's not that you don't have the right to self-defense. You no longer have a means of right. self-defense. That's a very important distinction. And it's right. one I think everybody should clue in on, because that's the goal anyway, is to eliminate your means of self-defense. Now, now let's let's take for a second that sentence. You lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun. We should test that hypothesis. We should test that statement. And how would we test that statement? We change the context in which you just change the person, change the people and change the environment and change the event, for example, and to see, does that continue to hold weight? I've been saying for years that every woman should be carrying concealed. Yes. I'm sorry. That is correct. <laughs> you know, there, there are, there are women who do get, who get assaulted. And, and I think please carry mm -hmm. because you will quickly equalize those kinds of situations, assuming that you can, you know, still draw, get the, get the firearm out, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But it gives you a lot of just comfort knowing that if you're in a somewhat sketchy environment, you at least have a way to possibly get you out of that sketchy environment. Okay, so let's, let's assume for a moment that there is a woman leaving work late at night. The parking lot is darkly, is, is dark. I was going to say darkly lit. That doesn't was, uh, yeah, no, I knew what you were going to say too. That's weird. <laughs> the, the parking lot is dark. She's going out <clears throat> to her car and she gets attacked. Right. By a rapist. Yeah. Well, and it, you don't even have to go that far. I understand no, but, right where you're headed, but yes, even just attacked according to, I'm sorry, go ahead. She's being right. attacked. Mm -hmm. And a crazy person, a crazy guy is trying to throw her down to the ground and tear her clothes off. Does she lose the right to self-defense because she is the one who is carrying the firearm? No, because it's a lady. And remember oh, that right. changes all the rules. Right. Well, what if it's a, what if it's a trans yeah. woman? Well, I don't know. Is that still a woman? Does that... I, yes. I don't know. Is that a he, she, them, or is that a bug thing? What if they self-identify as demon? What if what if she's a trans man, biological female at birth, but who identifies as a male, and she's carrying a weapon? Which I applaud. I would ap applaud he, him for carrying. Right. Okay, right. they for carrying, yeah. and he gets attacked in the parking lot by a crazy dude who's trying to rip her clothes off. If she, he has the firearm, right? Does he lose the right to self-defense because he's the one who brought the gun? The answer is unequivocally no. Of course. So not. this, this argument, it loses. It doesn't, not only does it not pass the smell test, it doesn't pass even the very first hypothetical, but very realistic in, you know, 
scenario that we can come up with right away. Mm -hmm. And that's not a, that's, that's not a crazy scenario. It's not like I created that scenario. You know, I didn't say being attacked by Martians or anything like that. Right. (laughs) It's something that happens too frequently in a country of 300 million people. In our society, yes, women are attacked. Right. Whether it's by a rapist or not. I mean, yes, I understand. And that's, that was my first thought as well. Um, However, but even if a woman's just simply being attacked, are you telling me that she no longer has the right to self-defense if she had, because she might have a, you know, 38 pistol in her purse? Right. No, that's retarded. This is just, that's asinine borderline retarded mentality. Yeah, this is. This this entire this entire trial has been, um, <laughs> it's just been one stupid it's train. Been a, it's been a shit show. Let's just call it for what it yeah, is. Yeah, it, it it's, it's disgustingly bad. And this this is the part that really upsets me about the whole thing. I'm genuinely concerned that they're actually going to come out with a guilty verdict. I'm concerned by that too. And And there's absolutely, if you, I mean, you look at the evidence, you look at the situation, you look at the video, you look at the surveillance, you listen to the testimony, the first person eyewitness account. Yeah. There's no way he is guilty. Right. None. Everyone knows this and everyone believes that there is also a, fair probability that he actually is found guilty yeah that's disturbing the arguments that leftists are making against kyle rittenhouse just so that they can sit on their on their throne of moral certitude is astounding to me for example they're you know they're they're trying to make um well first they were saying that kyle shouldn't have been there anyway okay um, okay, well, that has all the same energy of she shouldn't have gone to that party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they then they say thing. Then they were saying things like, "Well, he shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have had the AR-17. He deserved it because he shouldn't have. You know, he was attacked. Yes, we acknowledge that he that he was attacked by the rioters. But if he wasn't there, or if he hadn't been carrying the AR-15, they wouldn't have attacked him. It's the same energy of she shouldn't have gone to the party and she shouldn't have been wearing the miniskirt. Right. If she wouldn't have worn such provocative clothing, she wouldn't have been raped because she wouldn't have made herself a a visual target. It's the same. It's the same kind of argument that they're making. Then they're also. And you know what? Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to stop. Let's pretend that I actually agree with that statement. Okay, and and we'll take the the gal at the party. So I know this sounds ridiculous, but go with me for a second. Let's pretend I agree with that. Okay, I agree with it with the premise that um, Rachel should not have gone to the party wearing that outfit. Sure. She attracted the wrong kind of attention. You know what? That is true. That is correct. You are not wrong. That does not mean that the resulting action of her being drugged and raped is now excusable Correct. because of that Correct. primary action. Yeah. One can reflect and say, we do it all the time. We reflect mm-hmm. and we say, you know what? I shouldn't have gone there 
yeah. or I shouldn't have put myself in that situation because then that thing happened. That very bad thing to me happened. Yeah. I knew we better all... than to drive down or walk down that dark alley. That right. does not mean that myself getting mugged is, is excusable. now excusable because I just right. walked down the wrong alley. Right. So multiple things can be true simultaneously. I put myself in a bad situation. True. But that also doesn't negate the fact that a crime was committed against me either. Mm -hmm. Correct. Right? So yes, there's a lesson to be learned there, but there's also justice that needs to be delivered to the offending party. Correct. Right? Correct. <clears throat> and I've heard the argument that he shouldn't have been there in the first place. You're talking about an area that was over one run, excuse me, with rioters. Well, they shouldn't have been there in the first place thank either. You. That, if that's, that's the, point. the case, they then shouldn't you have cannot, been. I mean, if that's your argument, you should not have been there. Well, then nobody should have, nobody been, should there. have been there. Nobody should have been there. The, the fact that the prosecution today tried to say, actually did say that all of the rioters who were there were actually heroic. They were performing heroic deeds. And I'm like, since are, when are is you burning your city down heroic? I don't know. Apparently, as of today. Um, <laughs> so, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just, you know, the the arguments against this, and the fact that the fact that liberals have been twisting themselves up into knots and looking, making themselves look like pretzels, to try to cover for the two guys who were shot and killed. That that these are not nice guys. Mm -hmm. You know, Rosenbaum, the, the, the one of the victims that was killed, he anally raped and abused little boys. Yeah. He had just gotten out of jail. He shouldn't have been there. If anybody shouldn't have been there, he shouldn't have been there. Right. And yet these people are trying to make him look like he's some kind of a saint. Now, now I'm not trying to argue that he should have been shot and killed. Right. Right. Because, because of all of that. However, he was shot and killed because he attacked another guy. And then the guy that he attacked retaliated in self-defense. So I'm going to pardon my language, but you fuck around, you find out. That's, he fucked around exactly right. and he found out. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can't have a lot of remorse for that. I can't have a lot of empathy. And I'm certainly not going to have any empathy and try to excuse the actions of a known pedophile and a known no. child rapist. Uh, you know, that was do that. the funny part is that was there was a few lines of behavior, regardless of what side of the aisle or what side of the political spectrum or what are ideological or religious, any of those beliefs, no matter how far apart people in this country were, there were a few sacred things that we could all come together on. Mm -hmm. Rape, bad. Pedophilia, bad. At least those two we knew and we could agree those are bad. Yeah. Now we don't even agree on that anymore. Right. And it's absolutely mind boggling to me. Right. But this is not the first time here in just in the last 18 months 
where we have uh, sanctified and, and bestowed sainthood upon hardened, disgusting criminals. Right. Hell, the BLM riots that started all of this crap was over a gentleman who was killed or died, if you will, in police custody, who earlier held a woman's unborn baby at gunpoint. Yeah. That would be George Floyd, if anybody out there doesn't know that. Um, And we excuse that. And not only excuse that, but we actually raise them to the status of sainthood. Seriously? Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It you know the the world is crazy. Yes, it is. Clown world. Clown world continues to honk on. <laughs> I have <clears throat> to make to make uh, to na- make tonight's episode uh, a little bit um, lighthearted. <laughs> okay, if you will. I have something that I've been wanting to share with you for a while. I'm not sure whether I should be excited or scared. Yeah. As a kid, did you ever play the game in your living room, like with a balloon? Don't let the balloon touch the, touch the ground. Well, yeah, I was a kid, you know? Yeah. You pop the balloon up and it's like, don't let it hit the ground. And you know, right. If you hit the, if it hits the ground, you're out, you lose. Right. Well, now they have a, they have a world cup for that. What? Wait, wait, no, no. Yeah. What? Yeah, they have a world you, cup. For what? For don't for not letting the balloon hit the ground. Watch. Take, wait, 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 no, no. <laughs> what? Yes. Watch. Oh god. What are you doing? No, it's not. <laughs> For anybody out there who cannot see this, this is literally a mock-up of a, of a living, living room, room with, with a car, a car in, in the middle of it. Yeah. And these guys are knocking a balloon around. And a gigantic Mentos. I did see the Mentos, actually. Yeah. And yeah, and Peru and Germany. Peru and Germany. Yes, we have national teams. Battling it out. Yes, national teams. I think Germany actually won the World Cup. Oh, cool. I must have missed that. You know what this reminds me of? Did you ever see that movie Dodgeball? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I caught that on uh, ESPN 8, the Ocho. The Ocho. (laughs) 
Yeah, obscure. What's it? Obscure sports the, quarterly or whatever. The the Ocho. Yes, that is definitely an obscure sport. Way to go. That yeah, that is definitely that is uh, yeah, that is definitely an obscure sport. Um, <clears throat> have you? So that's the World Cup of what? Ballooning. Yeah, ballooning. Balloon. The Balloon World Cup. <laughs> I was being sarcastic. Okay. Um, here's so. You know, baseball is finally over. Yes. Um, and the Atlanta Braves, well, they had a parade like you like you usually do. Like you would expect. Like you would expect. And check it. Watch the Atlanta Braves go through downtown Atlanta. <laughs> They're doing like 40 did, mile an hour. <laughs> I did not speed that up. They They literally like zoom through downtown could you imagine atlanta already has shitty traffic as it is but they really had they probably had extra shitty traffic this day because everything was shut down for this parade and you go down there you want to see your world championship baseball team and they zoom past you at 40 miles an hour god you know this this was probably just so that people didn't have time to do the chop you think so I don't know, but they didn't have time to do anything, man. They were like, hey, okay, bye. <laughs> Good Lord. But it's, it's, um, it's a lot different than, oh, we got to show, we got to, I got to show you that one. It's a lot different than this one. This was the WNBA just a couple of, a uh, couple of weeks ago, the WNBA. I know everybody forgot about that already, uh, but Chicago. That's not, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. That is not fair. That is not true. I'm, I'm. WNBA is time honored, and I know that there are family members and you know sons and daughters of everybody who plays in the WNBA that follow them religiously. Sure. <laughs> the the WNBA, well, the Chicago, I think they're called the Chicago Sky. I don't know. I don't follow the WNBA, but they had a parade too for winning. And well, look at this. There is nobody on hey, the street. There, there's at least nine there, people like, out there, man. These people are having coffee on top of, you know, hey, how are you hey, doing look, in my coffee? Uh, yeah, these are the team. This is the team and, you know, their friends and significant others or whomever. But there's nobody on. This is painful. Like, I, I, I feel bad for them. At least they didn't drive by 30 miles an hour, 30, 40 miles an hour down the street. Um, but there's literally nobody, nobody came out to see them. Well, that's, that's probably because nobody knew. Maybe they went down the wrong road. That's probably what it is. <laughs> Bicycle, these are actually cops. They're, they're security. They're the security detail, uh, you know, keeping, trying to keep people at bay. They got to keep there, people back, man. There's, there's back. nobody to Stay keep back. at bay. Look at, you got these jokes. No, these they are, are doing an awesome job. They've got everybody <laughs> two blocks back. I mean, they, those women are safe. Yeah. I, look, they're, I they're even car, did they even, down. did they even shut the road down? Because look, there are cars parked here on the, on the side. 
We, Usually we, when you have a parade, you can't get to the road. I know, but well, did, did you see these other people over here by their car? They're like, well, we were going to leave. but They're just we, trying to cross the street to go get a sandwich. Yeah, we got to get across the, to the coffee shop over there. All right, well, hold I gotta, on. I got to get my Starbucks. here in a minute. Let's, get, yeah. let's just wait. Hold up. Oh, man. I got to wait for this, these buses. Where are these tourists? I want these tourists to go back, Seriously. Go back home. The Grand Canyon's <laughs> not near here. You guys are lost. Go home. You're drunk. <laughs> Poor, poor Chicago sky kind of makes you feel bad for him. Okay. So that's it. A couple of weeks ago, Microsoft, (laughs) Microsoft held some kind of, um, you know, event where they, where they unveil the unveiling of the new windows of their technology, et cetera. But get a, get a load of this, right? We already have people, putting their pronouns in their email signatures or, you know, after their name and forums or whatever, you know, Pren, he, him, or whatever. Um, But look at this level of absurdity. Microsoft just took it to a whole new level. Mm -hmm. Apparently sound is not included in this. Seriously? Yeah. There's no sound? Well, not for me anyway. Maybe everybody oh, else out there. Can... Out loud. All right. <laughs> well, let's rewind. Rewind. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Here we now, go. Now, wait, this was for their virtual reality world, right? I don't know. No, this that you're thinking of Facebook. No, no. Facebook no, no. had the virtual reality. They renamed okay. their co- company Meta. Meta. I re- I know that. No, I, I thought this was the okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Facebook is doing the virtual reality world. This okay. is Microsoft. So this is completely different company. No, I'm same I, leftist I ideology. Okay. Hello and welcome Hello. to Microsoft Ignite. We've got a big day ahead and lots in store for you. First, we want to acknowledge that the land where the Microsoft campus is situated was traditionally occupied by the Sammamish, the Duwamish, the Snoqualmie, the Suquamish, the Muckleshoot, the Snohomish, the Tulalip, and other Coast Salish peoples since time immemorial. Okay. First thing, never admit to your crimes on the internet. (laughs) She just came right out and said, the Microsoft campus sits on stolen land. (laughs) No, I'm telling you that, that, okay. Do not come out and admit you know, can we just don't admit your crimes on the internet <laughs> so, or anywhere for that matter? And maybe I am entirely wrong. I was fairly sure that the quote unquote VR world that Microsoft still Ignite on that? created, yes, I'm telling you, is actually made up of a whole bunch of races. They created basically Middle Earth. And all of these different races all exist and cohabitate. You've never heard of these for this reason. I'm telling you, you're not listening to me. I'm telling you, but this is what she's about. Yeah. That's what this whole platform is, is this whole little land for everybody to go wander around and play in and live in and communicate in. And you can have your corporate meetings in 
this world where you're represented by your avatar. That's why there's not white, Asian, English, any of those other, it's all of these freaking made up nationalities. What the fuck are you talking about? Those were Native American tribes. No. Okay. All right. The Snohomish? Yeah. <laughs> the Hufflepuffs? <laughs> she goes on. Let, let's okay. just, she goes on. Let, she, she goes, goes on. on. Go ahead. I have no idea where your mind is. A people that are still here, continuing to honor and bring to light their ancient heritage. Mm -hmm. My name is Allison Wines. I'm a senior program manager in our developer tools division. I'm an Asian and white female with dark brown hair wearing a red sleeveless top. And why, why, why do we need to know what she's wearing and what she looks like? I, I don't know, reasons and stupidity. I, I got, I got nothing. It's, it's so laughable to me. Is, is that what I'm supposed to do now? Like, yeah. Welcome you know, to the fusion underground. I'm a, I'm, I'm I'm a Jason. Hispanic I'm male, a Caucasian male, six foot two, brown yeah. hair, green, blue or brown, green eyes. Um, I'm wearing a blue hoodie and sporting a bitchin beard. <laughs> Wait, are we supposed to do that now? <laughs> I, I don't know. What's the point of that? I think we should intro our next show that way, just to say. <laughs> and, and don't even give me some kind of stupid line about, well, that's for the, the blind people who are watching. They're blind. Do They're you blind. know what a, red, what a red blouse is? And what the heck does red? Colors don't mean they, anything to blind people. <laughs> they, oh, okay. You're basically saying, and yeah, F you, I know what red yeah. looks like, and you never have known what red looks like. So, right. that's just, so I'm just going to remind you of how deprived. So let's you just are. rub rub salt in the wound of the blind. I yeah. mean, I don't. And I'm Seth Juarez, program manager of the AI Platform Group. I'm a tall Hispanic male wearing a blue shirt, khaki pants. Today we kick off two days of learning. Blue shirt, khaki pants. You can't even see his khaki <laughs> pants on the screen. That's why he had to tell you what, what, what he was wearing. <laughs> Just in case this clears up any confusion that he may actually be pantless and freeballing it out there for everybody in the studio. Here, here's a, here's a, <laughs> check it. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't understand any of it. <laughs> Here to help us navigate that is Vasu Jakal, Corporate Vice President of Microsoft Security. Welcome, Vasu. Thanks for joining us. Please take Absolutely. Well, hello, Nick and Natalia. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad to be here with you, with you all here. I'm a woman of Indian descent. I have brown hair, brown eyes, and I'm wearing some uh, killer five-inch heels. You sure are. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? I don't I, I don't even know where to go with, with any of this. I, 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 Dude, I, 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 somebody needs to murder their publicity advisor. Because I think that was all very, very ill-informed information that everybody jumped on. 
the world just gets dumber and dumber. The beginning of our show, we have, you know, that that an iconic Did sound I bite just from Alien sharply while I was away. Yeah. Do, I feel like that is the truth. Like every single time we get together, every every week I go, every what the week hell just happened. <laughs> did IQs drop sharply while I was away? We were only gone a week. Yeah. Yeah. And look. Okay. So okay. I <laughs> deep breaths. All right. Take take a minute. <laughs> let's let's recoup. <laughs> I refuse to believe that that the average American is on board with any of this crap. I I, <laughs> I refuse to believe it. I roll to disbelieve. No, I, <laughs> I I believe that most people hear this and they legitimately go cross-eyed. No, yeah. not roll their eyes. Like seriously dumbfounded stare i can't imagine how many accidents this may have caused on the road for people who heard it on the radio or listening to it on a podcast because when you hear there's a term in psychology called cognitive dissonance when you hear something and it enters your mind and it completely disagrees with all capability of rational mental processes that's where i'm at my, my brain has short-circuited over all of this has a mini focal seizure you yeah. cannot process what you're hearing through any of your normal mental faculties to right. where you literally go cross-eyed and you drool drip one side of your lip goes down and a little bit of drool comes out of your mouth because your brain literally short circuits trying to wrap its own rational thinking around what just entered its auditory faculties. That's what happened when I heard this the first three times. Now I just laugh at it because it's, I can recognize how stupid, idiotic, and retarded it is. But my brain literally went into shutdown mode. Yeah. Well, your brain's about ready to go into shutdown mode again, because I think in this next video that I'm going to play for you, I think we should do the next podcast in this fashion. That, no, I haven't seen it. I don't know it. And I'm going to disagree with you already I, because you never say we should do something without knowing you're pissing me off on purpose. <laughs> well, here we go. Let's, let's, okay. let's right. see what you think of this. What do you think is the number one contributing factor to global warming? Agriculture? The fashion industry? Uh, something else? <laughs> I'll tell you a secret. It's the U.S. military. The U.S. military is the world's largest consumer of oil. It's the world's biggest polluter. Our armed forces create 750,000 tons of toxic waste every year. Depleted uranium. Jet fuel, pesticides, lead, and other chemicals, too. Do you think it's a coincidence that the military emissions are often overlooked by climate studies? The Kyoto Protocol. That's why. <laughs> there are actually very few things we can do that are as environmentally catastrophic as war. 
I think we all can see the irony that we fight these wars in order to get oil. But if we didn't fight these wars, we wouldn't need the oil. Not as much. We're like a snake eating its own tail. That's my favorite. Arr, 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 arr. There are 800 military bases around the world. Wait, are there 800 countries? There aren't. There's only 194. I'm not a mathematician, but um, that sounds really excessive. I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, but the only way we're going to reduce climate change is less money to the Pentagon. We can't keep supporting the military machine. I know what you're going to say. Oh, but if we weren't the world's empire bully, then someone else would be. So it's better that it's us rather than, I don't know, China or Russia. But is it? That's basing your assumption. I can't, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. <clears throat> you know, you know the, the sad thing is about this particular video. I I think I think that she has some interesting points. Not I mean, I'm not saying I have never heard these points before. I've heard all these points before. But what what is up with the gyrations? <laughs> like, uh, like uh, when you have a thought in your, you know, have you ever had one of those moments where you you get an idea, and upon executing the idea, you realize that the idea sounded better in your head than it did in manifested in the physical world. I think this was one of those situations. I think the idea sounded a lot better in her head. I, <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> I, I literally lost brain cell. Okay. Um, so I'm going to have to apologize to all of our listeners who are strictly listeners. Because if you're listening to this and you're actually hearing what she's saying, um, granted, it, it 90% of it is just complete retardism spewed out. But you cannot truly appreciate why I am at a loss for words. Only if you're seeing this on video can you grasp how retarded this is. And I apologize because there isn't... Any way in hell I'm going to be able to describe what I just witnessed just, to you. Just imagine crazy gesticulations. That's all I can describe it as. Maybe it's some kind of interpretive dance. You know, <laughs> I, I interpreted a full body dry heave. <laughs> Actually, you know what? If you ever watched you Seinfeld, Seinfeld <laughs> and you watched... Was it was it Ellen? Elaine. Elaine, that's it. Elaine. If you ever watched Elaine dance, that's what we just saw while she was spouting all of this off. It was really bizarre. Okay, <clears throat> enough of that. <laughs> enough of that. I have a I have an article here for you. I've been dying okay. to read okay. this. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I. I need something that I can actually re respond to because I yeah. can't respond to that. I, I, so I, I need help. I need help from you and all of our listeners in understanding this because I, I don't, 
I don't understand this. Okay, this comes to us from the New York Post. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. I'll, 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 I'll all try. Right. I'm sorry. All right. Go ahead. Serious time. Serious time. So oh, good. From, from the New York Post, an article titled, What is Fluid Bonding? Intimate Sex Act is Growing in Popularity. Fluid Bonding. Fluid Bonding. <clears throat> It starts, this is juicy. Fluid bonding, the act of intentionally sharing bodily juices with a sexual partner. Juices, okay, let's stop there. I was going to say, please. Can we, can we define bodily juices? I've heard well, of, I'm, I'm familiar with bodily fluids. Right. But, do, well, technically isn't having sexual intercourse kind of the mingling or sharing of bodily juices i guess if you will anyway well you would think right so let me oh, oh there's I, I more to this yeah okay. oh all yeah right. oh, that wasn't oh, the whole okay. article oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> all right the act of intentionally sharing bodily juices with a sexual partner is purportedly becoming a popular practice in bedrooms across the nation becoming a popular practice while the origins of the frisky phrase are unclear a variety of publications are now reporting on the Randy activity, which refers to far more than simply foregoing a condom during sex. Usually, and this is, a, well, this is a quote, quote, usually unprotected sex is just a sort of casual, barrierless, erotic experience without communication and intention, sexologist Jenny Schuyler told Mind Body Green. In contrast, fluid bonding is done with the goal of being, quote, more connected or to have more sensation, intimacy, or commitment. So if you just Wait. don't wear a condom, that's just. That's casual. That's just casual. We're not being intimate. I thought, I thought wearing a condom was for casual sex partners. I thought that was kind of always the argument for safe right. sex. But then right. when you forego the condom, then that's the barrierless casual. I, I, th this makes no sense <laughs> no. to me whatsoever. <laughs> no. it well, makes and I, I none ideally. Sex. Um, none of your sense. When, <laughs> when, when you have unprotected sex there is a risk of some sort of potentially negative or positive outcome regardless of how you view either childbearing or the transmission of sexually transmitted diseases you can make the argument that either one is bad as the other or whatever regardless unprotected sex leaves the avenue open for a potentially unwanted outcome Typically, in an engagement of that nature, that's not casual. That's why husbands and wives typically don't have use condoms, as an example. Right. The, the potential outcome of children is actually part of the whole agreement between husband and wife, the union idea and family and childbearing. Um, if you're spreading an STD to your wife or to your husband then you've probably got answers that you need to account for as to how that wasn't, you know, in the bed to be forgiven. But regardless, that doesn't make, I'm, okay. Listen to, let me go on. Uh, okay, okay. I hate you so much right now. Of course. 
According to Inside Hook, whatever that is, fluid bonding with a partner, quote, is an active conscious choice that revolves around consent and intent. Fluid bonding is a term that describes a pre-established agreement between two or more people to intentionally go without barriers. How is this any different than this just, is called oh, sex. I don't know, normal sex? Yeah, if it's a an agreement, I mean, typically, if it's not agreed upon, that's usually called rape. What's the term when I, when a, when a, I'm not all hip to the lingo, isn't there a term when, when like a dude slips off the condom during consensual sex? <laughs> I don't know. That's there's a well, term for that. I, I don't look at me. Stealthing. Uh, no. Is that right? Is what? that, is it, is it, <laughs> what <laughs> is it, is it called stealthing? Maybe it's called I stealthing. I don't know, but that is, not right man there's oh a term God. for that there's a there's a term for like you know what a, there's with... a term for everything right now there's a term called fluid bonding that i'm still not any closer to understanding <laughs> than when i was when you started but my, my point is my point being that i don't know what my point is, <laughs> I was like, well, what, is what is your point i don't know <laughs> like, <laughs> I am all ears, man. <laughs> I don't Who know. Who brought I, this up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, I like how they say in here um, as fluid bonding. Okay, wait. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. While unprotected sex is one way to practice fluid bonding, there are several ways to go about the intimate activity. As fluid bonding also refers to the exchange of sweat, saliva, and blood. It can be practiced via oral sex, anal sex, or even a simple French kiss. So when you French kiss somebody, that's now called fluid bonding. Uh, however, I guess that was called making out. That was just was called, growing. yeah, that was just called, you know, first And guess base. what? That was also consensual. Just right. Correct. By happenstance, I suppose. However, polyamorous <laughs> pansexual influencer... What Mar Jane Lane has cautioned that those who practice fluid bonding are at risk of contracting STIs. No shit, you reckon? <laughs> oh, no way! Holy, did it? Did somebody just wake up one day and realize that there's there's this thing called sex? We don't know what it's called because, well, our generation has never done it. So we're just going to call it fluid bonding. I, I don't understand. I don't understand what's happening here. Um, well, we're renaming everything else. Why not rename sex too? Yeah, why not? Fluid bonding. We're going to call it fluid bonding. That sounds a lot different. It sounds more intimate. Sounds more sophisticated than saying having sex. There's a reason why oral sex has the word sex in it. In it. <laughs> There's a reason why anal sex has the word sex in it. Gross. There's a reason. I mean, it, it just, I, I don't, okay. Okay. I honestly, I, I don't know. So wait, is that it? 
Yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> was was that enough? You you. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I was expecting you to drop the the hammer and and lay that, it out. That so. Okay. That was oh. that was that was it. That that we just have people that have discovered the fact that if you have sex and you share bodily wait juices, a minute, that, that somehow wait. okay, whoa, 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 stop. I have you started this article out saying no, you started as in relaying. Take it easy, don't get defensive. I know that's not your fault. Um that somebody and I can't remember who the magical somebody is, has discovered, as if they were Christopher Columbus, um, that fluid bonding is on the rise. In compared to what? It makes you wonder how we even, how our species has even gotten this far. How have we made it this far? That's a serious question. I, I honestly don't think we're going to be able to make it another 2,000 years. Uh, no. No. There's actually what what movie was that? Idi was it Idiocracy? No. Idiocracy, the yeah, greatest Idiocracy. documentary ever ever recorded. Yep. That's where we're headed. That that's where we're headed. I mean, we're literally yeah. at a point where we have um self-proclaimed experts. These are experts. And I'm I'm using the air quotes very very intentionally a lot of times. Like a lot of a lot of times. Um, who are seriously saying that sex is not called sex. It's called fluid bonding. We fluid actually bonding, yeah. talked about this um, in um, when we were discussing, well, they, they were offensive words, um, where we're actually changing the name of, of, of parts of our anatomy so that they're not as offensive anymore. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You brought, I mean, seriously? We're going to dumb ourselves down on purpose yeah. to the point where we cannot think anymore. And, okay, so tying all of this into our generalized mission statement here at the Fusion Underground, we've played a couple different clips. We've read an article or two where really we have people out there telling us how we should act, how we should think. And all of them cause a very serious mental breakdown if you actually listen to what they're saying. I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 this whole evening has been filled with, what did you call it? Cognitive dissonance. For Cognitive me. dissonance. Yes. I have another one that I just discovered. I just discovered this one. Okay. All right. Let's go. And this actually takes us back to the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Okay. There's a gentleman on Twitter. His name is Gregory McKelvey. And I'm not doxing anybody because he literally goes by that on Twitter. Uh, he tweeted out just a little bit ago. Employers consider giving your black employees a day or two off after the Rittenhouse verdict. Regardless of the outcome, it's going to be hard for black people to work and it isn't fair to expect them to. No. <laughs> Stop. No, wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold the phone. Okay. Now, not everybody has been following the Rittenhouse. Right. Case. I understand. I like, understand. Um, right. 
Let, let me ask you a, a question for everybody else out there. Sure. Ask away. Between the victims okay. and the um, accused, okay. who's black? I am so glad you asked that question. None of them. No, wait, hold on. Let me clarify. So this is not the first um, March of the Racists or Racism crowd that I have heard in regards to this case. So mm -hmm. let me mm -hmm. ask this question again. Okay. Of the parties involved yep. in the shooting, yep. who among them are Black? Glad you ask. The answer would be zero. None. None of them. None persons. None persons are black. None persons are brown either. Wait, I'll even go one further. All of the attorneys are white. Dr. Ramirez, are you yes. saying to me that all of the individuals in this case are white? That is correct. So <laughs> that would mean race has no bearing on this case. It does, but for white people, perhaps. Oh, please elaborate. Well, you know, they're all white. Oh. <laughs> so racism does not apply so racism does not apply because we had a white guy shoot three white guys we have white guys defending the white guy we have white guys prosecuting the white guy and we have a white guy listening to both sides of prosecution and defense so why is racism continually get brought up in this case i wonder and what the hell is giving a black employee a day or two off have anything to do with the outcome of this? Please tell me this poor man on Twitter has uh, signed off, closed his account, recanted, apologized for his idiotic statements. Oh, they're dragging him. That's for sure. And the, the, the response is, guess what? Pronouns in bio. Gregory McKelvey, he goes by he, him. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've heard this before. Why is this happening? Because it's a narrative. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's happening because the, the media has a stake here. I think the media is has ginned all of this up <clears throat> in the hopes that there is additional unrest because, well, that that gets the clicks and that sells the newspapers and they continue to stoke the fire, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I, I have said from the beginning that this is and was initially a BLM issue. And they made a shooting, a BLM issue, because of when it was happening. And you have to take the timing of all of this into context. Remember the absolute firestorm. I mean that figuratively, not literally in this case, that the media was fueling at the time this happened. Mm -hmm. 
So they fueled this up way beyond what it was supposed to be and way before they had the facts of anything. I mean, that the, the news was blasting this out within, it was within an hour of the initial reports coming in. Yeah. So they completely ran with this. And rather than walk this back, they chose to turn it into something else to their advantage. Can you imagine if there was a police report that happened, let's say in, I don't know, Chicago, that Mm -hmm. a white assailant shot and killed three white guys? How much attention would that get? Yeah. None. None. None None or none attentions. Effectively zero. Right. But because this happened during a BLM protest in regards to the George Floyd incident, and it also involved an AR. See, that's how this is all changed again. And I I brought that up at the beginning of this. This is now an assault weapons issue as well. This that's where this is heading. That's where this whole defense is. Don't pay attention to the handgun or the the um, the agitators in this situation. Pay attention to this this guy that we are painting as a white supremacist, AR-toting enemy of the state. And because of that, because of that's the caricature we are trying to build up, he's guilty, as is everyone else out there who resembles him in any way. Well, my, my fear about this trial is if any of this stands if any of these crazy arguments stands and he's convicted um there's now there will now be precedents for precedent for future shootings and essentially if anybody is reacting and responding in self-defense there will be precedent that shows that's not actually self-defense and i think that's really what a lot of a lot of liberals want is Mm -hmm. they see this as a direct attack against the second amendment against people who bear arms and this is an opportunity and and they recognize that if they can get a conviction out of this if they can put enough pressure on on the judge and on the jury to actually convict kyle rittenhouse when if anything that this trial has shown is that the young man responded in remarkable ways in a very stressful and dangerous situation, I think better than probably better than you or I would have. Um, yeah. No, there, there was a significant amount of control and restraint demonstrated beyond restraint. what, again, the caricature of the person that they are yeah. trying to paint. Right. Keep and in mind that that character, yeah. the Rambo that, that literally loaded his guns and his, and his combat gear in a satchel and went all the way across the country in order to bring violence to the violent situation, that lone wolf, that um, vigilante, that, that, that type person, that's a character that they are building out of him, the right. actor. And even though he just went 30 minutes, 30 minutes across town. Right. Yeah. He went 30 minutes across town. It was literally 30 minutes across town. And they say, well, he crossed state lines. Sure, but he went 30 minutes across town. Well, like- and, and, and I've heard this crossing <laughs> state lines too. 
um, how many thousands of people were literally bust into those riots? Of course. Again, if no. you're going to make that argument that he didn't belong there and crossing state lines is some sort of violation, then everyone else there would have been in, in violation of that same rule. Yeah. Here's a here's an article that I wanted to I wanted to show you. Um, I don't I don't know if I'm going to be able to display all of it. Um, okay. Yeah, I was able to. Okay. So this is an article. It has to deal with masculinity here. We often talk about masculinity. Well, because we're guys. Um, this one comes to us from the independent over in the UK and it it's titled is toxic masculinity. The reason there are so many climate hesitant men. <laughs> what? Toxic yeah. masculinity is uh, wait, causing climate hesitant men. Yeah. In other okay. words, is toxic masculinity keeping people like you and I from believing in climate change and, and from keeping us from doing something to save the planet? Gotcha. This, was, this was written by, uh, by a woman. Um, really? Her name's Kate. Her name is Kate. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I, I believe it's like Vietnamese or something. It's NG. That's all. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm not even going to try. Okay. Um, so this article starts off, the climate crisis has been at the top of nearly every political and social agenda this past fortnight with the eyes of the world on the United Nations Climate Change Conference that has been taking place in Glasgow. I'm going to skip ahead here. The UK's chief scientific advisor, Sir Patrick Valence, stressed the importance of behavioral changes as part of climate action. While at the summit, he said that while most of us assume making greener choices means dramatic changes to our everyday habits, most of these changes are easier than we think. I think behavioral change is starting. Is it where it needs to be yet? Probably not. And I think there's more to go, Valence explained. But I think there's a willingness and an engagement taking place is going to be important. A new study has found that around half of the world's population needs to do more to tackle the climate crisis. It said that men in particular need to be more willing to change their habits to become more eco-friendly compared to women. The, re the report by think tank Global Future also found that significantly more women experience high levels of eco-anxiety compared to men with 45% of women reporting feeling anxious about the climate crisis compared to 36% of men. Do you have, Jason, do you have eco-anxiety? No. Oh. Well, you must be a, to a toxic masculine man. Well, that is correct. Okay. <laughs> Wait, now, now, okay. I think it's important to qualify this. Let, uh -huh. Let's take the term eco okay. out of the anxiety. Can you read that statement and remove the term eco and see if it holds true? Try it. Okay. okay. <clears throat> the report by Think Tank Global Future also found that significantly more women experience high levels of anxiety compared to men with 45% of women reporting feeling anxious about the climate crisis compared to 36% of men. Okay, so even if you take climate crisis, would you agree, and, and I'm being very honest, would you agree that 45% of women admit to feeling anxious where only 36% of men do about anything? So 
I don't necessarily know if it would be to that level of percent. I would say I, I would say that on average, women tend to feel more anxiety than men do. Yes. Just as a general rule. As a general rule. And I think, and so I'm not being an ass. I'm actually looking at data. And you and I talked yeah. about studies here not long ago yeah. and looking and quantifying and qualifying data. I do believe that women, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm trying to look at this as, as objectively as possible. Women and on as a whole deal with anxiety far more than men do. I'm not saying men don't. I'm not saying that, you know, women are inferior or men are inferior or superior or anything. I'm just simply stating the fact women toil and, and over things a lot more than men do, which is where anxiety can stem from. Well, and I, and I also think that men, that when it comes to differences between the sexes, that women have a greater tendency or propensity to worry about things external to themselves and even external to their family. They'll, they'll mm -hmm. worry about their girlfriends, you know, they'll worry about their mother, their grandmother, they'll worry about different family members, they worry about their neighborhood or the, mm -hmm. the neighbors down the down the street. Um, whereas a lot of men, they, they keep their, their worry to them uh, focused around their immediate Sphere Kingdom, of influence, if you will, right? Their it's immediate their immediate sphere, sphere, of, influence. sphere of influence, and and I believe I don't think that was Freud, but anyway, there is a, a prominent psychologist talked about that that things that women concern themselves with or occupy their mental faculties with do extend well beyond their sphere of influence because, and it's yeah. a preparatory or or protective nature, the sure. den mother um, in most women that's naturally there because those things may enter into that sphere and that right. protective area. So they want to be prepared for it. Again, it's sure. not saying it's a bad thing. It's no. simply guys, males, we have, this is the amount of proverbial stuff we can control or have any influence on. And anything and more than it. that, I don't want to handle it. I got enough going on right here in this little yep. bubble. Yep. That's all I worry about. Right. And you know that's a good that's that's actually a good trait for for women to have, and I think that's one of the reasons why yeah. we always hear about this, particularly in families, how it usually is the matriarch of the family who keeps that that larger family who is now growing up and mm -hmm. and moving beyond the familial the borders, extended right? family, right? Right. It's it's the matriarch who keeps pulling everybody together. She's the one who keeps having Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas at her house. And she's the reason why everybody gets together every year because mom is saying, come over, you're going to come over. We're hosting Thanksgiving, et cetera, et cetera. And families often admit that when the matriarch of the family passes away, that everybody kind of disperses, Yes, right? There, there's no longer that glue that is keeping everybody together the reason why the matriarch is that glue is because she does worry about everybody and she does reach out to those folks and, and wants to know how they're doing and keeping touch with them and, and all of that and making sure that she's 
worried enough about them so much that she draws them back home so that they can at least spend some amount of time together. That's a good thing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. We're not, we're not saying that that's a bad thing. No. Um, so I, I think I am, I'm sorry. I was going to say in this particular report, I think what they're doing is they're taking something that is naturally occurring within men and women. And they're, they're trying to say, well, this is a problem because more women are eco are eco anxious. Well, if they are, okay, that's, that's a, that's a completely different argument, but the fact that more women have that experience well, that just kind of tells me that that's a natural DNA occurrence. Right, right. You, what, what this study actually points out to me is the difference in the male and female psyche in regards to yes. anxiety as a whole. And has nothing to do to make that equation that that data supports an argument in particular towards the climate is erroneous to me. Right. Um, the article goes on and says male and female spending habits also show a divide in our response to global heating. Global Futures report titled A Crisis in Common found that some 40% of female respondents say they have changed the way they buy and eat food in order to help fight climate change. In contrast, just 27% of male respondents reported doing the same. The figures are similar when it comes to buying clothes with almost 34% of female respondents saying they have changed their habits compared to 16% of male respondents. But what is behind men's reluctance to alter their everyday habits in order to become part of climate action? And more importantly, what can be done to encourage them to be more proactive in climate justice? I wanna throw those questions to you. What, sure. what is behind men's reluctance? What do you think is behind men's reluctance to alter their everyday habits in order to become part of climate action? I think men look at a handful of things when they look at their normal day-to-day -day habits. And, and, and I'll, I'll use the, was it the purchasing power um, analogy? Guys look at a couple different things. When I go buy something, I go, how expensive is it? That's, that's, that's first. Sure. If I go buy a t-shirt and I have t-shirt A, which is $20 and t-shirt B, which is $50, the likelihood is, I'm just going to buy t-shirt A mm -hmm. and I'm not going to worry about what the tag says about the um, climate impact in its production. I'm not. Um, and I think a lot of men are like that. The other thing we look for is potentially, I would say is quality. Now, if I'm looking at t-shirt A and B, I'll use that same analogy. And I grab t-shirt A and I go, this thing is going to fall apart in a week. Then I may look at t-shirt B. If it's made, if it's going to last as long or longer, I may be able to justify cost. And that's, I think a lot of guys actually look at those things, whether it's their spending habits, um, the things that they invest in, whether it's time or money is Guys are looking at, those are things that within that immediate sphere of control, again, that they can actually grasp onto. And what's the return on that investment? And it's usually has to be realized within a relatively short period of time. We don't look at, at, in, at returns gained in other generations, as an example. Because, and I think this was actually something that we um, brought up in our, in our um, review of the book, 
as providers, we're looking out for their immediate family. We're, we want to be able to provide for them and their immediate needs. I don't know that a whole lot of guys go to the and take that provider level is how are we going to provide for our children's children's children? I want to raise my children so that they provide for their children. That's within that immediate small sphere of influence. And well, and I agree with you. And I, and I think there's, I think that there's also a difference between men and women here in that um, I think women are more inclined to be, to get caught up in what feels good Mm -hmm. when, and I think a lot of men are not. Um, In fact, a lot, I think a lot of men sort of question whether or not they should do something just simply because it feels good. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about obviously if there's sex, well, let's go do that. (laughs) You, you, you know, um, if, so what I, what I mean is like, it, if you were to walk into a store and you see a product that you, you know, just a product, and maybe you're, maybe you're in, you're shopping for that product or you're, you're, you know, you've had your eye on a new power drill or something, right. And it's got a sticker slapped on it that says, this is eco-friendly. What the hell does eco-friendly mean, right? It what does that mean? It's 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 made sustainably. I'm just supposed to take your word for that. Mm-hmm. And just because you say it's eco-friendly, I'm supposed to believe you that it's eco-friendly. Hell, everybody's slapping eco-friendly on everything. Just to sure. s- it's called marketing, right? Right. Right. And and we've had as men, women have had a lot of things marketed to them in the past as well. But men are also, we're also privy to a lot of that. We recognize that, you know what, if I buy the Mustang, I'm not going to get chicks. I know that's not going to happen. Right. So quit trying to tell me that I'm going to get chicks if I buy the Mustang, because I know it's not going to happen. I know you're lying to me. Right. Right. Or I'm married and God forbid I actually do, then I'm in even bigger trouble. Right. So why are you marketing it that way to me? So even if you do slap something on a a sticker on something that says this is eco-friendly, I'm not going to take your word for it. Well, and uh, okay, we'll take the power drill. Does it have a battery? Well, then it ain't eco-friendly in its right. production. I can tell right. you that right now. But I, I think guys are are just more, I think guys are just less inclined to do something just simply because it feels good. Yeah. I'm less inclined to recycle just because it feels good to recycle. When I know that the paper recycling plants are allowed to dump all of their chemicals back into the earth that they use to break down the the paper into mulch and all that and remake new paper, I know that they don't, they're not, they're, they're not beholden to any standards or very little standards when it comes to disposing of their chemical waste. Right. So for me, when you try to, if somebody tries to tell me recycle the paper because it's better for the environment, I'm like, is it really, is it really better for the environment? Or do you just think it's better for the environment? Right. Um, or when I talk to my buddy who works at land man or waste management at the landfill right. yeah. and they say, dude, those recycles go in that same heap over there that your regular trash goes in. It just does. We you just could, take a different color truck. On Wednesday instead of Friday. Yeah, you can tell somebody that. You can show them that it actually does. And I guarantee you that the the eco-conscious will still continue to separate out the recyclables because it makes them feel better. 
It doesn't matter whether or not it's actually doing any good. It makes them feel better. And I think that's my, that's the point that I'm trying to make is that I think a lot of men, most men, we don't give a crap about whether or not it makes us feel better because what we're not putting, we're not getting rid of this item you know, it's the act of getting rid of it that makes us feel better, not because I put it in the blue container. I, I'm telling you right now, my trash service, I have one feet and I have those cans out there, two dumpsters. I know that if I separate separate my recycles and my trash, at least I'm getting what I pay for. And I now have two pickups a week to get rid of all my crap instead of one. Yeah. And for me, I'm getting what I paid for if I throw my water bottle in the blue one <laughs> versus throwing it in the green one or the brown right. one. And so it, it's a it's a value for me. Well, I'm sure. paying for it. I might as well use it. And on top of that, when it goes out of my driveway, I don't care. Because it's out of my hands. Right. It's I not my problem. Anything about it any, what am I gonna right. do? follow behind in my truck and follow behind the recycle bin guy and make sure when he takes it out to the landfill, he dumps it in the right place. No, it's outside of my immediate sphere of influence and therefore not my concern. There used to be I've a show. It. There used to be a show. I think it was on Showtime uh, that Penn and Teller used to do called bullshit. And mm -hmm. they did a, they did an episode one time where they were, they put different colored um, trash bins and they asked people, you know, they, people had two bins, one for run for regular trash and the other for recyclables. And then they would bring in another, another bin and say, well, we want you to put glass in this bin and then plastic in this other bin and paper in another bin. Right. And before you knew it in front of these households, they had, there were like 12 different bins out there in front of their house and people were, people were, oh yeah, it's for the environment because it feels good. They didn't go through any kind of, they, nobody, nobody bothered to say, wait a minute, this is a little ridiculous. <laughs> right. right. And I think your average Joe six pack dude says, wait, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. Right. If I'm not going to get something out of this, if I'm not going to get my return on investment, if I'm not going to satisfy my immediate need, then I'm not going to do it. Right. There, there's no point. I'd rather go do something else that's more beneficial of my time because I have all this crap that I have to take care of in my house and upgrades and fixes. And I got to go to work and I got, you know, I got to pick up the kids because the wife is screaming at me and yada, yada, my honey do list. Right. The average dude isn't going to say, Oh, well, I should do that because it's going to make the world feel better. Right. No, we don't care about that. It's out of our control. And therefore, I don't want any part of it. Well, and you remember, I, well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But when, um, gosh, it had to be at least 20, 25 years ago, you could not recycle like shoebox material or cereal boxes. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. You had to look at the, the recycling logo yeah. and make sure you had the right number on there. Yeah. Otherwise, it was not recyclable. Right. I actually had a buddy of mine tell me, I think it was a year ago, that you can no longer recycle um, like red solo cups. And I said, what? That's that's ridiculous. Why? That doesn't make any sense. 
And he said, I don't know. And I'm like, well, what do you mean you don't know? You just told me you can. And it, this was not, oh, I heard or supposedly. No, it was definitive. You can't recycle those anymore. And I said, why? Explain it to me. And the best this person could come up with was, well, there's so many of them out being used and, you know, at parties and things that there are residual chemicals or things on the inside of those cups that now render them unrecyclable. And I said, you realize that if that is true, then nothing is recyclable at all because right. every container, anything with a box, <laughs> and I mean box means any container with a closure or even an open container, everything has had something in it. Otherwise it would be called new. Not something you would need to recycle. By your own argument, that doesn't make any damn sense. There's no such thing. <laughs> Even my water bottle here, as pure as we want to agree, this is, okay? As soon as I open it and put it up to my mouth, guess what? It's now got residual mouth jizz on it. <laughs> Are you telling me mouth that it is now no longer recyclable? How no. Does, and this is what I was talking about. Everybody out there, there is a silver lining to all of this kind of mumbo jumbo. Think about what you're being told. Does it make sense? There is nothing wrong with asking legitimate questions about it. Don't swallow everything you're told just for the simple fact of not being contrary. I'm not saying go out there and pick a fight with every time somebody tells you something, but take a moment to think about what you are hearing. And if it doesn't make sense, ask questions. Ask a question. If it still doesn't, it's probably bullshit. Because right now in our society, we are getting fed loads and loads of crap every day. And they continue to do it for the simple fact that nobody has the testicular fortitude to ask a damn question. And we swallow it blindly. America, you are better than that. Okay, that's my I, I, think, I think far too many people, they want to be hope-filled. You know, I saw I saw just today on Facebook, you know, there are a lot of people that are very uh, even people and by people I'm referring to Democrats, people who voted for Joe Biden. There are a lot of people that are that now have buyer's remorse a lot. Uh, yeah. And and I noticed there was a there was a there was a post on Facebook today and then there was a reply to it. And the, the post was about, you know, how Joe Biden sucks. He's terrible, yada, yada. And this person responded and said, yeah, he's, he's way over his head. He's not doing, he's not doing good. But at the time when I cast my vote, Joe Biden was the only one who could give us a chance. Okay. And, and I thought, wait a minute, you were literally talking about at the time you cast your vote, you were living in the best economy the United States has ever had. 
what exactly were you hoping that Biden was going to do for you that Trump was already nailing it out of the park? Mm -hmm. So you have this complete disconnect where people were living in the best of times and they believe that it was the worst of times. This is twice today. I've been reminded of that song by Cinderella. Don't know what you got till it's gone. Till it's gone. Right, right. And it takes going through literal hell for people to realize how good they had it. Yeah. And unfortunately, there, there are a lot of people waking up now, which tells me that, yes, we are literally going through hell. And you cannot talk about what you're saying. Um, we had literally the best economy the United States has had in decades or ever. 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 But people didn't realize that because they were focusing on the things that they still did not have. Correct. Which is what, I mean, kind of what we're ta- we've are we been talking about. When you focus on all the stuff you don't have, you're never appreciative of the things you do and the opportunities Correct. you have and that are Correct. right in front of you. It literally takes all of that stuff and all of that opportunity and all of that money and all of that wealth and all of that ability to be stripped from you. And it takes gas getting up to, you know, $5 a gallon, which stay tuned, everybody. Christmas is coming and I have a Christmas gift for you. Five bucks. Be prepared. National average. It's coming. But it takes Biden milk. will get reelected. Biden, mark my words, Biden will get reelected. And the reason why he will get reelected is because the same, the same people that don't realize how good they had it under Trump now are realizing that they have it really bad under Biden, that they will perceive as though it's going to be worse if whoever else comes up, if they were to win over Biden, that it's going to be even worse under that person. The so only they would... way I agree with that is if mm-hmm. Biden literally cannot stand to, to take office, which he won't. I'm sorry. There's no way. And Kamala Harris is the only option. In that case, I'll agree with that statement. There, there's actually talk now that she might actually run in 2024 against him. There's already talk of numerous Democrats are already planning on running or are thinking about running against it. This is, un, this is yeah, I shouldn't within, say it's unprecedented, but it's just not very common. Especially Usually, not within the, within the Democratic Party. Well, whenever you have a sitting president and he's here, he, and it's always been a he up to this point, Whenever he's going to run for re-election, he's always been the definitive. There is, there's there typically is no, not right. a primary, right? right? Because he's already the the head of the party, and so that primary just kind of sits down. Usually, states still have primaries because you have to, and but there there will be fifty other people on the ballot, even for the Republican or the Democrat. But they're they're nobodies. They're not going to win, right? Um, but now we're we're actually we're actually in a point where other Democrats are thinking, you know what, Biden is so weak, I'm going to run against him. But I still think Biden wins because you're going to have so many people who are going to be so they're going to be manipulated by the media to believe that yeah, things are bad, but it'll be worse if somebody else takes over. Yeah, 
Oh yeah. And that the groundwork has already started for that. Correct. Yeah. And, and so that gets back to what we were saying, question things. And mm-hmm. is it really going to be bad? Is it, I mean, <laughs> things can always get worse. I am can, not going to sit right. here and things, tell you. <laughs> things can always, things can always get worse. But I also think that these, that there are a lot of people that will just be completely delusional because well, quite frankly, they're going to believe that race, that any Republican is a racist, bigot, you know, homophobe. Um, and so therefore they can't, you know, they're, they're evil because that's just what they've been led to believe for so long that they're not going to be willing to believe anything different. And so that, so the, the odds, the ability for Republicans to come in wanting to cut taxes, wanting to create prosperity and wanting to do all of these things, they're going to be viewed as evil. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Liberals view conservatives as evil people with With evil evil ideas. ideas. There is no way you're going to convince diehard Democrats even if they're not happy with Joe Biden, you're not going to convince them at all to vote for Republican, even if it's in their best interest. They so, will not do so. I, I agree with that with a caveat. You have to look at the success in the midterms that, that the Republican Party has had and at least be able to see a possibility within that. I mean, you saw what happened in Virginia. And I I understand that midterm elections are not presidential elections. And there is a huge difference there. So I I can acknowledge that fact. Um, However, like you're saying, even even on the the Twitter platforms or Facebook and, and other places like that, you are seeing people waking up. You will you will have you will have people voting. I, I do think that the Republicans stand a good chance of, of securing the House of Representatives, winning in a landslide in the midterms. Mm-hmm. But historically, when Americans go to vote, where they tend to vote for the other party is when they vote for their congressman. Yes. And so while it's 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 very possible, but tradition but traditionally when you look at, at Americans voting, there's a disconnect between the executive branch yes. and the and the congressional branch and, and the legislative branch. And so while people may turn out in the midterms to vote for the GOP. They don't tend to cross party lines. They're not going to cross those party lines when it comes to the executive side. They, they're, and that's why, that's why Joe Biden will, he'll, he'll win. Um, how can a guy win an election sitting in his basement, not campaigning at all, running against the president who had the best economy in the history of the United States? And it's because people will not take a look at what is actually in their best interest. And because Democrats truly believe that Republicans are evil people 
with evil ideas. There's nothing you can say to them that is going to change their mind. Not a thing. The only way that those people change their mind is through their own personal experience, which means they have to fall flat on their face and they have to experience that pain firsthand. But I don't even believe that they're going to experience any pain from any from any of this, especially when they go to the pump. And when they see seven, I mean, in California, there are already places where it's over $7 for unleaded gasoline. Yeah. Right. Seven, $8 for a gallon of gasoline. Yep. We're not, but, we're not my prediction of $5. That's national average. That's national average. Mm-hmm. But yet Californians know, Californians know that, that the reason why gasoline is so expensive in California Yes, it has. It's partly to do with federal taxes on on a gallon of gas, but it's also a lot to do with state taxes yeah. on a gallon of gas. And guess what? California continues to vote to, for to the Democrats to raise their taxes. <laughs> so even so, you could think you would think a normal person would think, "Gosh, California, your your state is going into the shitter. Stop voting for that." And yet they continue to do so even when their gasoline is seven, eight dollars a gallon, because they still believe that Republicans are evil people with evil ideas. And so for them to be able to vote for a Democrat and pay eight dollars a gallon, yeah, it sucks, but at least evil didn't win. Can you imagine the kind of prosperity that California could realize? I mean, you look. Well, it would at, go it, back to the way it was when Reagan was was governor of California. It Cal- was massively prosperous. California is a it, it's it's almost a country in and of itself, with as far as what it actually has able to produce and what it yeah. has able to offer as far as um, product. I mean, there there's no reason why California cannot. I mean, just rake in prosperity for everyone. Sure, and that's that's that is the key right now. Um, California, it's raking in prosperity for the government. For the government, of course. And and even though there are so many examples just in California where people are paying exorbitant taxes, where people have lost liberties, um, people have lost just privileges that they used to they used to enjoy all the time 10, 20 years ago, and yet. They still believe in California, in Detroit, that Republicans are evil people with evil ideas. Therefore, it's better for me to suffer under the weight of government oppression because at least the evil guys are not in control of the government. Because yes, my life might suck under the Democrat rule, but at least it's better than having the evil people Mm -hmm have rule over my life. Right. That is where we are in this country. And that's why Democrats will continue to win. And that's why they'll continue to give away freebie stuff. Because once you give, once you give somebody free medical care paid to them by the federal government, they're never going to vote for somebody who wants to come in and eliminate that. Sure. Right. Because now I'm going to lose my insurance, my, my medical coverage. So I'm, I can't do that. So you'll always have the Democrats giving more and more candy to the to the population 
knowing full well that the population will then become indebted and they won't want to do without, and therefore they'll keep perpetuating that, even though life will be miserable under that right. kind of Well, and, and what happens is people in those places start to believe that that's what life is, yes. not a direct suffrage under the people who have made their lives that way. Correct. They don't tie their suffering to um, the people in power who actually make yeah. their life hell. Right. And, and the, the truth of the matter is, is the, the country has a slight chance until Texas goes blue. And I'm telling you, Texas is going blue probably within five years. It, all you have to do is look at the voting patterns in Texas and Republicans are winning by, in, by decreasingly shorter margins. And there's going to come a day very, very soon when Texas goes blue and then it's all over. It's over. Yep. And we're so close right now because, you know, there you've got states like like Florida and Ohio and Indiana, which are, you know, which could go either way. North Carolina, um, you know, th these states can go either way, either red or blue. And all it really takes is one or two of those states flipping, you know, and going blue one time and the whole election is lost, um, at least for Republicans from a Republican standpoint. Um, but once, you know, and then once that happens, well, and, and you'll see Republicans, the party won't vanish overnight. They'll just become more and more and more and more like Democrats so that they can try to win votes. Right. So they can just, they can try to appear as less evil. Mm -hmm. Um, and which is why I've said for the past couple of years now, you know, the Republican party is, is a shit bag. Um, and they don't, they don't do anything for America anymore. No, no, they don't. And unfortunately, what they don't realize is by doing that, instead of trying to appease and appear more, quote unquote, moderate um, and appeal to the, they're trying to appeal to those, um, I guess, democratic or you know, moderate Democrats, they're losing touch with their conservative base. They're like, yeah. well, shit, if I've got a choice between, um, a liberal over here and a, and a Republican over here, you guys are practically the same. So either I'm not going to vote or heck, I might as well vote for the other guy. At least he'll uh, forgive all my student loans or, you know, give me a free healthcare. Why not? I'm not going to get anything better out of you. And that's yeah. how we, that's how we lose. We lose hold. We lose yeah. a foothold on our, on our country, state by state. All right. Good times. Okay. Yeah. That was uplifting. Thank you for that. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you can catch all of our stuff off of the fusionunderground.net. Remember we're all on, we're on Facebook. Just plug in whatever you want. Fusionunderground.net. You'll find us. Way to, way to wow. sell it, right? <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> Glad we don't have you on our marketing team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want me on your marketing team. Uh, I think for... we should carve out um, 10 minutes at least of our next episode to respond to email questions. What do you think? All right, let's do it. Okay. So there's your charge, America. Send us your email questions and we'll respond to them next week. You can send it to contact at fusionunderground.net. That's contact at fusionunderground.net. 
Until next time, for Jason Moret, I'm Manuel Ramirez. You've been listening to Fusion Underground. Peace, we're late.